Well, it is the Ramble Room back once again. Kind of like the phoenix, you know, it rises out of the ashes every now and then and then uh, irritates a few folks and then we go we go silent for a little while and change our location so they can't can't get to us. But I want to spend just a little bit of time today and tell you about a couple of other shows. One of them you're probably aware of, and that's David Iverson's Cowboy State Politics. And I just mentioned it today, which happens to be the 17th day of July. And he put out a show today featuring a, a dispute between the local radio station, one of the local radio stations here, not the great one. Andrew Patsig is a city councilman. And some of these radio personalities had basically tried to make a fool of him and scoffed at him on some sort of a live show. And Andy's rebuttal was absolutely classy. And I would encourage you to tune in to David Iverson's podcast on the 17th of July. And then I also want to give a little bit of a a hats off to my wife, Diane, and her business associate partner, Sarah Masaryk. They have a podcast called Plumfield Moms, and they spent the weekend down in Denver working together, speaking at uh, some engagements down there. And I have to report that their podcast has gone over 30,000 downloads this last week. So they are doing an outstanding job. Very proud of them. I'm also proud of one of my own finds. (laughs) Uh, Tom Kelly never would have come to light publicly if it hadn't been for me. <laughs> right, Tom? <laughs> People have just noticed me bumping my head on doorways. <laughs> you all in, in this audience are familiar with Tom Kelly, and I, and I hope that you appreciate him at least half as much as I do. But Tom Kelly now has himself a full-time, well, I shouldn't say full-time, a permanent gig, as permanent as he wants it to be. Let's say a regular the, gig. On the radio, yeah. And uh, tell us, Tom, what are you up to? I am the new host for Wyoming is Right on Bighorn Radio on 96.5 Kicks. That was Jeff Wallach's show, and Jeff is still the brains of the operation, and he was nice enough to put his faith and trust in me to carry the show forward with my voice. Now, that's an FM station. Yes. So you can hear it if you happen to live here in Sheridan, but a lot of our people, we... I don't know if anybody knows this, but this particular podcast has been heard in something like 20 different countries. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So, But there is a way if you can't listen to it or if you just don't have the time to tune in. Well, first of all, the main broadcast is, yeah. is it's 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings on, on 96.5 FM. But that's in the area of Sheridan and Ranchester and Buffalo. That Those are the, the towns that hear us. But you can go to wyomingisright.com, and we have SoundCloud. We have all the shows, all the interviews on there to to listen to at leisure. And you can also listen live to 96.5. If you go to bighornradio.com, they've got links to listen to live also. So you could listen to the show live, or you can listen to whenever, Excellent. wherever you have internet. And th- this show has a history. I got to hand it to Jeff. I mean, he had some amazing people come on the show, including President Trump. I would love to have President Wouldn't Trump on there fun? again. Yeah. I would love to have him on there as president again if we could do that. But that would you, be good. we're not shooting for the stars there. I'm happy right now that we get our illustrious representative, Harriet Hageman, on there. Yes, I will have Harriet on this Saturday morning. Excellent. Look forward to that. I'm probably going to listen to it on a recorded version because 8 o'clock Saturday morning, I'm usually sipping coffee and 
so when Jeff did the show, he primarily had a, a, a lot of politicians. He had a lot of good ones on people from across the state and national politics as well. And I presume that you're going to continue some of that. But I'm kind of intrigued by some of the hints that you've given about being able to take it different places with some different personalities and different characters. Give us an idea what you got in mind. All right, I'll tease what we're looking at here. One of the things that I was approached with was that we don't have to have an interview every week. Some people have said, believe it or not, Tom, people actually like to listen to you just go off on topics sometimes. So there may be some times where I do that, but that's not nothing special. Just get that out of the way. Well, don't believe everything you hear, Tom. <laughs> I really don't, which is why I've yet to do a broadcast where it's just me. So there are some valued guests, which I would definitely like to have back. And one of them obviously is our representative. I will be talking to state representatives, state senators, but I'm also looking to get people on the show from a national standpoint. Uh, I'm trying to get a senator right now from California who told the people to take their children and flee the state before the, the, the state kidnaps them and puts them through gender transition. And I'm also looking to have maybe uh, get some of our sponsors on there. I'd like to get the man himself, Mike Lindell, to come on there and talk to me about his pillows. That would be a fun show because I don't, I don't think he'd talk about the pillows that long. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, that's I would, I, I would love to have him on there. And, and since my pillow does help support the show, and, and since M Mr. Lindell is involved in politics, I'd love to have him on there. But yeah. some of the guests I'd like to leave on a little bit of a surprise, and, and um, I also wouldn't want to have build up any false hopes. Yeah. Of people I'd like to get on there, and then I never could. But these are some yeah. people I'm confident I think I've been I, waiting I for Ted Cruz for six months, and we haven't heard Ted yet. So Ted Cruz, I'm getting grouchy. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I might go for I might go for Senator Rand Paul before I went for Ted Cruz. That's that's right. Uh, for those that maybe haven't listened to Tom that long, you know, I'm I'm a pretty staunch conservative, but I have a little bit of libertarian leanings. Tom, on the other hand, is pretty much a dyed in the wool libertarian. Um, but he's also a free thinker. He has a PhD in political science. So he's been exposed to any number of concepts and ideas. And that's one of the things I appreciate about listening to him is he will sometimes play devil's advocate or he will just say, well, what about this? What about this? Because he understands a lot of different concepts out there. And one of the things that I would encourage you to do, Tom, is find some people who are outside the realm of we conservatives and have some interesting debates show that it can be done peacefully and intelligently. I, I have thought of going that route, bringing somebody on there who is ideologically very different from me, let's say ideologically divergent, and to be able to have a discussion. But at the same time, I also would like to be careful about giving yet another platform to left-wing ideas because they've got like 95% of the platforms as it is, and Jeff's whole idea for Wyoming is right was to get voices like myself and yourself to be heard by more people, uninterrupted by people going, bigot! Well, yeah. While I agree with that, I will also say that that's one of the fun things is a lot of these people on their 95% of the air don't ever have anybody challenge them. And when somebody comes along and asks the right questions, which should have been being asked all along, it exposes them as unprepared. That's my thought. And what's really fun to watch, if you watch Harriet Hageman, 
go after some of these people in these hearings, which the news won't touch. You have to go to YouTube. You do. Go to Harriet's YouTube page to find these. Sometimes you'll get them on conservative media. But I, I watched her stare down Director Ray of the FBI. That was magnificent. And I remember <laughs> a, a couple of years ago, that smarmy, snarky, cocky guy was on there rolling his eyes and smirking when, when they were trying to put him through some hearing when Trump appointed him, unfortunately. Even Trump admits that was an error now. Um, he looked terrified with Harriet yeah. talking to him. Harriet's just staring him down, and he I disagree with your characterization. I, I have <laughs> no evidence to rebut your position, but oh my God, I'm trembling. She'll ask a question. She'll say, this is a yes or no. Answer yes or no. And they launch and, and go on about whatever it is, trying to skirt it. And she says... You're not, you're, obviously, you're not going to answer my question. We'll move on to the next one. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like, is the FBI great. still pressuring social media to censor people? Well, we never really censored. Yes, you did. So are you still doing it? Oh, well, buddy, 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 is the camera still on? <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, She's it fearless is, out there. It is entertaining. If you have a little bit of insomnia, as I'm sometimes inclined to do, um, that'll make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, well, you, you can lose sleep when you think to yourself, these are important issues. And yeah. like the mainstream media pretends like it's not happening. I mean, just even think about, I'm switching gears slightly here, but think about the movie Sound of Freedom. Suddenly people are talking about this very real yeah. industry of selling children for sex. Especially here in Wyoming. It's a major problem here in Wyoming. And the whole idea that it's been met with this course of conspiracy theory with no evidence to back up that claim whatsoever. It's a little terrifying when you have so much of the media saying, well, this is nothing but QAnon garbage. Really? But it keeps coming back. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that, that's, where there's smoke, there is fire. Uh, same thing. Same thing could be said about that taboo subject that none of us are allowed to ever speak of, without being completely banned from every airway possible. And that is, do we trust our elections? Well, I don't know what you can do about that. I, I shared a post I wrote from two years ago on Facebook today, and most people, even people who follow me, probably won't see it because unless you go to my Facebook page, I'm constantly shadow banned. I was thinking, imagine somebody owes you $1,000 and they hand you 10 $100 bills and you look and you realize that three of these $100 bills don't look right. Something looks off with them and you're like, I think these are counterfeit. And you say, you only gave me 700. These are fake bills. And they said, I gave you a thousand. And they take all 10 bills and count all 10 of them. Look, like 900, 1000. No, no, no. These three here are fake. I'll count them again. And you count them again. See, see, I counted them. I counted that. I see a thousand dollars. I don't know what you're talking about. At this point, your neighbor comes in and says, I see what's going on here. And, and, and I call foul. What you're doing, I'm going to take you to court on this because these are counterfeit bills. And then it goes to court and the court rules. Well, your neighbor doesn't have, have standing because he wasn't even part of that transaction at that point. And then you got this person goes, look, I, I counted the money three times and a court threw it out. And you are questioning our entire monetary system. You're putting our democracy at risk. And then we see this going on. Actual evidence of voter fraud came out of both Georgia and Arizona. And that's how it was met with, well, we counted the fake ballots over and over again. So we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just a conspiracy theory. One of the people we had on recently was De Dr. Frank. And if you look at the, the lamestream media 
uh, he's pretty much ridiculed as, as dismissed as just a wacko. But if you actually sit down and, and look at what he's saying and compare that, you know, I can compare it with my experiences out going door to door, and I'll guarantee you I came across some fraudulent places. But that's, that's another story for another time. We're here today to talk a little bit about, about your show and the topics. Now, obviously, it's political. Do you ever go outside of politics? Do you plan to? The show is primarily political, but being Wyoming is right means that I would also at times like it to be issue-based and not talk about politicians and not talk about parties and not even talk about policies, but sometimes principles. Like you were talking before about you're more conservative, I'm more libertarian. And unfortunately, the word libertarian has been claimed by a few people, which I would not call libertarian no, at all. Trust me, conservative has been claimed by a lot of folks. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we see that all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm conservative for yeah. a Democrat. And, but like libertarian, I have to like say out there, I could have a discussion with somebody who considers themselves a pure libertarian who wants the state to um, enforce laws that criminalize misgendering because they believe everyone should live the way they want to. So the state is going to coerce liberty on people. And I'm like, you've got the whole thing upside down. Yeah, That's not how it works. And But I have to say this, and I said this on the show too, because pe- sometimes people hear the word libertarian, and they're like, oh boy, here we go. I'm pro-life. Yes. And many people think libertarians, we're pro-choice on everything. No, we're not. What we are is small government on everything. And when it comes to, but government's number one job is to protect the rights of the people who form their government and you can't have your rights protected if you're dead the first right is the right to life so i right I without really, without the right to life nothing else means anything there's no right to free speech there's no right to anything if you're dead so i really and i really reject the argument that people are libertarians have to be pro-choice on these things that's where i often start to wander away a little bit ideologically from some of my uh conservative friends i understand that once you cross a line and you give a government the authority to intervene or to have a role in some issue that just because right now it's working in your favor doesn't mean that 10 years from now 20 50 years from now it's going to flip around and come against you and bite you and so that is why we need a small government that is involved in very few things. One of the great exceptions on social conservative ideas for me is the right to life, precisely because if, if you don't have that right, you have nothing else. A lot of the other things that a lot of social conservatives would like me to be a little bit louder on, I, I'm a little bit reserved because I don't want to see government being involved at all in a lot of those issues. And I think in that way, you and I are quite a bit alike. We've had opportunities to speak for a number of hours. A good way to to illustrate that is Governor Ron DeSantis. He's very popular among many conservatives. And I sometimes get proverbial tomatoes thrown at me when I say I'm not a big of a fan as you think. Because, well, you you agree with all this woke stuff? No, I don't. But when, from the governor's position, when the state starts telling local districts what they can and cannot say, like you were just saying. That may be all well and good when a conservative is in power, keeping some horrific, crazy ideas out of the classroom. 
But what happens when some left-wing Bernie Sanders socialist has got that same power, and now suddenly you're not allowed to say anything patriotic in the classroom? Well, we already know what happens. That's where well, we're at. Exactly. <laughs> well, they, that you see yeah. that in states like Illinois and Maryland and stuff like that, right. too. But like you have a conservative state like Florida, mm-hmm. which is a, a very red state now. You enshrine that type of power into the state house. If that state ever flips back blue, then then the the, the liberals have that power at that point. So we see eye to eye. You yeah. know, no tall joke intended at that point. About <laughs> once you give power to a government, they tend not to give it up, as we've seen, like no. even with COVID restrictions. We talked a little bit about the Santas, and this isn't necessarily a discussion about personalities, but I'm kind of interested in your take on Tim Scott. Tim Scott is, as far as I can tell, just an establishment D.C. Republican who is currently saying the right things to try and get the nomination to get attention. I would put him in a similar category to Mike Pence, somebody who says the right conservative things, but when it comes right down to it, not a lot of action in terms of the type of policy we'd like to see. We see what happens when somebody really makes things move, whether it's DeSantis or it was Donald Trump. When somebody's really changing things in our favor, the blowback is fierce. And I've never really seen much blowback on Scott or Pence, which means they talk a lot but don't do a lot. So that's just my general feeling. I could be wrong. I think that's one of the reasons that I happen to like Ted Cruz is even if you don't agree with him, you know what he's thinking. He's, he's not shy to, to voice his opinion. Um, one of the reasons that I ask you about some of these personalities is because someone can listen to you and assess from what they've discerned themselves about these people and kind of get an idea about, quite frankly, how thoughtful you are. That you're not one to just go jump on the latest bandwagon for the sake of or saying things that people are going to get on board with. But you've done some thought. You've put things in perspective, and you've been following politics for a long time. This isn't a new thing. No, no, it's not a new thing at all. I started with my first degree in political science in the 1980s, and um, I've been working as a professor now for over a decade, and I was a public school teacher. So politics and government and news and political philosophy are things that well, I do for fun. And it's part of how I ended up doing Wyoming is Right because people said, do you want to shoot your mouth off on the radio? And I said, I'll shoot my mouth off anywhere. <laughs> sure, put me on the radio. We've pretty much proven that over the years here in Sheridan County, and now it's time for the rest of the world to figure it out. So. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good with me. If we, Jeff and I would love to see Wyoming is Right become a statewide show if we could. It, it would be nice. There are a number of shows that I would like to see syndicated and spread out in part to go against that 95% that we mentioned earlier, because 95% of what you hear on the air is just mindless drivel that is not even remotely back based on fact. And it's at least nice. I mean, everybody's bias. My show's bias. Anybody, you, you, it's unavoidable. But if you have people from different backgrounds voicing the same thing, at least you can see a different side. Right, right. But there's also integrity and at least the attempt, if we're not completely objective, to at least be honest. Mm -hmm. And we see outright dishonesty in the media sometimes. 
or outright mischaracterization. As we talked about Andy Patsig and Kristen Jennings, when you've got a radio show just on the air saying they're thumbing their nose at city employees, they don't want the streets paved. It is such a horrendous mischaracterization. It is. I had them on Wyoming is Right with me to talk about that, Mm -hmm. and Andy made a great point. He said the way this is characterized is that we just voted that we didn't want the city to spend anything. And imagine that we had actually won that vote and the budget failed. Well, we would have just compromised till we found a budget that passed. We wouldn't have let the government shut down. So this whole idea that you don't want people to get paid, you don't want the streets cleaned, it's just, uh, no, I just didn't want to spend all this extra money on things we didn't need to spend on. It's it's another straw man argument where you you, you set something up there that's obscene. A, A lot of times... When I hear the left screeching about something and criticizing the rest of us, it usually is a reflection. There's a projection about how they think in it. I think I see that most often when it comes to claiming people are closed-minded and intolerant. That's what I see over and over. The, whole, the people pointing fingers and saying, you're intolerant. You don't believe in diversity. You don't believe in inclusion. Those are the people who have a very narrow-minded view of how people should think, how people should act, how people mm-hmm. should see the world. And they're incredibly intolerant of anybody who dissents from it. I mean, that's the, it, it, it's ugly Frankenstein creation is cancel culture. So the keys, if you would, the keys to good civil political discourse are what? The, the foundation is you must be aware of your own biases before you begin speaking. That's the first thing, because we all have them, as you said. You have to be aware of them. That doesn't mean you have to give up your principles and beliefs and be some wet noodle who doesn't stand on any principle. You could have rock-solid principles, but know what they are, know what your blind spots are, and know where you have, um, what your emotional triggers are, because we have those too, and so you don't have knee-jerk reactions. That's the first thing, is to know yourself. Then after you've been able to be honest about who you are, what you believe, then what you need to do is to be able to objectively look at things and realize that other people don't see things the way you do. And this has been said by many people. Always assume the person you're talking to knows something you don't. If you go into one of these conversations with your arms mentally folded, I'm right, this person's wrong, and I'm going to prove it, you're not going to have a conversation. And you're not going to learn anything. And you're definitely not going to change anyone's mind. Is that one of the goals to change someone's mind? Is that one of the goals of civil political discourse? When I decide to have these conversations, when I go to Warland, when I go to Buffalo, when I go to Thermopolis, and we have these community conversations about tough issues like transgender bathrooms or girls' sports, we have people of differing political views come in there, viciously differing political views, who can speak civilly when you start to realize that the goal isn't necessarily to win the argument. It is to come to some type of resolution, something that benefits people the most. So my job, I would say, on Wyoming is Right, is not necessarily to win people over and, and make people think like me. It, it, my goal is to make people think, period. Not to just ingest whatever source of information they prefer, and then parrot it back out to people. And this is how I I can tick off people on the right and left, because whether it's Fox News or MSNBC, 
I can tell sometimes the news sources that pe- from where people get their information because I hear them literally parroting back the same talking points that they've been fed. And, and you're not thinking at that point. If I turn on an MS- MSNBC, what, what do I see? A nonstop stream of how evil and dumb Republicans are. I turn on Fox News, a nonstop stream of how evil and dumb the Bidens are. It, it's a complete waste of time. And I would really like people to tune in to something like Wyoming is Right or listen to us talk on the Ramble Room or talk to David Iverson on Cowboy State Politics to be able to look at these issues more in depth and, and not just always have a knee-jerk response for everything. And I, I think what really I would like people to take away is that nobody knows everything. Nobody is right all the time about stuff. So we, well, we have a show called Wyoming is Right. Almost nobody. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, David's always Almost right. Almost always right. <laughs> 8.5% of the time. Anyway, Tom, I appreciate you taking time out of your now busier schedule to, to come and share with us. I look forward to being on the other side of the mic at your show as well when that's necessary. And... uh Thank you for keeping me on my toes. Well, thanks for having me back here in the Ramble Room, and definitely we'll have you on Wyoming is Right when you go ahead and get yourself down in trouble in Cheyenne again. You get to explain your side of the issue. (laughs) I'll probably get myself in trouble in Casper. Okay, then. Coming up soon. Good enough for me. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, great to talk to you again, and look forward to seeing you again soon.